Today's episode of the Trailblazers.fm podcast is sponsored by the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, a national membership network in support of a movement to let the world know that our black men and boys matter. They're an asset to our communities and our country. And as a nation, we cannot truly prosper when any group of people are excluded and forced to exist on the fringes of society. The well-being of black men and boys has direct influence on the strength of our families, our communities, and our nation as a whole. My ask, Blazer Nation, is that you'd consider joining and investing in the Campaign for Black Male Achievement as we head into the holiday season. Your contribution is going to help CBME to amplify and catalyze black male achievement around the country. To do so, I ask that you'd visit blackmaleachievement.org and select either of the options to join and or donate to this movement today. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Blazing Nation, what's good? Listen up, today's a special milestone episode. Please join me wherever you are right now in doing a happy praise dance as we celebrate our 150th, 150th episode of the podcast. <laughs> Listen up, man. 150 recordings that have made my best attempts to give you value, knowledge, inspiration, resources, actionable wisdom, and practical, useful advice that I sincerely hope has had an impact and helped so many of you to blaze your trails in your respective lives. It's perfect timing, too, because on the 10th of December, Late night, me working on a podcast. I'm in interview season right now, interviewing, doing a lot of interviews for the first quarter of this next year. And I discovered that we were honored. Trailblazers.fm was honored with the likes of other podcasters like Oprah, Tim Ferriss, Anna Sale, and my dear friend Minda Hartz to be in a piece written by Thrive Global's Marina Kadekel. Hope I pronounced your name correctly. And our own Jennifer Witter, who shared trailblazers.fm with the world in an amazing piece, a list titled 27 Podcast that helped us thrive in 2018. Listen, I am so appreciative, so honored, so grateful, just feeling so blessed to be among those listed in this piece. And I'll be honest and say, you know, it's not easy. It is not easy. Getting here has been a climb. It's still hard. Just a couple of weeks ago, share this with you quickly, but just a couple of weeks ago, I found myself asking and really doubting if I was nearing my end of my podcast journey. You know, did I do all I could do? And was it time to give my energies to some other projects? And not because I was lazy or didn't value what we had done to this point. But honestly, there's some upcoming legacy projects that have been waiting and wanting my whole life to be a part of. And it comes to a point where you know, I'm always asking myself how the heck I'm going to find time to do other things that I want to check off of my BHAGs, off of my big, hairy, audacious goals. And you know, that particular day, just a couple of weeks ago, was in my feelings, very frustrated, went to bed, woke up the next morning. And guys, listen, 
had two amazing people reach out to me. One who I've been courting for the last two plus years, who finally reached out and said, hey, want to be part of what you're doing with podcast. Both will be featured in our second annual wealth series coming up this January and February. The first six weeks of 2019 is going to be off the hook. (laughs) We got a dope, amazing, special lineup in store and just can't tell you how much that helped to silence my doubts and frustration. So a little bit long of an intro. Welcome today. But yeah, I'm telling you all this because even at 150 episodes and being honored and being heard now by 160,000 plus and, you know, I still struggle. I still have doubts. I still wake up and have to fight to keep going. And it's even hard at times because I have to balance the time that I give to revenue generating opportunities, which are going to help me to get to my own goals, right? Against this podcast, which is not a revenue generating opportunity, but is a love of mine and something that oftentimes outweighs the monetary projects, right? So there's balance in doing the things that your heart pulls you in the direction of that you won't make money but that will have impact, that will influence and impact others and serve that mission work, that vision work that you are called to do. So anyhow, just want to, you know, as we celebrate this 150th milestone, I do not want to miss out on the opportunity to say a very special thank you to my amazing team, Mr. Sean Dove, the Campaign for Blackmail Achievement, Michael Slavich, and Podcast Fast Track, and Mrs. Annette Richards. You are all part of the team that keeps this engine going. I'm the host. I'm the face of this podcast. But without each of you, without your commitment, without your support, I would probably easily have failed to reach this milestone. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And couldn't have planned today's episode better if I had tried. Thank you, God, for your divine plan and order to how things come together or featured guest today on our 150th episode is Denise Harris, a certified executive leadership coach who's going to be talking with us today about getting unstuck and rediscovering our North Star because even successful trailblazers like you and I sometimes feel like we've reached our plateau and it's okay. It's time for each of us to do some self-discovery, right? And determine what you really want at this stage of life. So Blazer Nation, Open your favorite note-taking app, grab a pad and pen, get set to receive today's mission fuel from our featured guest, Denise Harris. Hope you enjoy. Denise, welcome to the Trailblazers podcast. Great to be here, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing some mission fuel with our Blazer Nation. You know, we were talking before, I know you've listened to some episodes, so you know how we love to get started from a place of gratitude. I was sharing with you just a minute ago, I was putting down the kids and my daughter was saying a goodnight prayer just a few minutes ago. And I had to have heard her say the you know three words, thank you for, <laughs> yeah. thank you for, thank you for, thank you for at least like 50 times tonight in our prayer. And I love when we hear young kids, thank God for things that, you know, even us older folk take for granted right. sometimes. So I was thinking, you know, we could start off by sharing a blessing that you're grateful for in your life right now. Yeah, thank you. I think I am the most grateful for my family. Yes. 
I feel like I'm the luckiest woman in the world to have so much support. I have two wonderful sons. I have a mother, a sister, a brother. A, you know, I just I'm thankful for all of the family that I have around me, all the loving support that I'm so very grateful to have. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know that you shared with me originally from Long Island. Yes, New York. <laughs> what comes to mind when you think about growing up there? Oh, wow. You know, I grew up in a small town called West Hempstead, Lakeview, West Hempstead. And I think what comes to mind is that idea of neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. I grew up in this neighborhood where, you know, after school, we used to play like some kickball in front of the house. And, you know, we used to ride our bikes and we used to do a lot of outdoor activities. And I think about having to, you know, help my mother with weeding the garden and, (laughs) you know, doing that kind of stuff. So I think probably the neighborhood comes to mind when I think about good old Long Island. (laughs) Nice. As you said, my daughter has just wrapped up summer camp and there's still a week and a half before school starts. Yeah. A couple of weeks till school starts. But I dropped her off by her grandfather this morning. And I saw him immediately taking her into the yard. And I was like, yeah, she's going to be doing some work today. <laughs> I heard you share that just now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's generational, man. Like everybody had to do some stuff outside before you went to the pool. You know, you had to pull some weeds or you yeah. know, rake the grass <laughs> or something. So <laughs> it builds character. Yes. Yes. And her grandfather is a man about his yard. So <laughs> love that. <laughs> So let me ask you, I know you had spent some time in the corporate world and interested in hearing a little bit about that backstory and maybe how you went about choosing your career and some of the favorite parts about that part of your time. I left Hofstra University and moved out to the Washington, D.C. area, and I had actually gotten into communications And I was very fortunate because when I got into my first job working with a cable company, it was just the opportunity for me to get into management became available. And I started in leadership at like the age of 23, 24. And all throughout my career, I just started working in departments where I was managing lots and lots of people and lots of teams. And really, you know, that's kind of where it started for me. And I think right now, you know, I made the transition from corporate to doing my own thing. But my origination is really in working and collaborating and leading people. Wow. And you shared that you started leading people at a really young age. Very young. Mm -hmm. What made you successful at that? You know, it's interesting because my story actually starts with my senior year at Hofstra. I happened to be reading this Cosmopolitan magazine and they had done this expose on like six women. And one of the women in the expose was just women of color. And she was from the DMV area. She was an attorney. And she was talking about how the DMV was this great area for professional black women. And here I was as a senior, I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, well, maybe that's a good area for me to check out and take a look. And just seeing, you know, all the things and all the stories that she was talking about in this magazine article. And so I decided it was just serendipitous because I was working at the Marriott in their reservations. And they just happened to have this incentive for employees where you could take like a two day stay at any Marriott hotel, no charge. You had to pay for your own transportation, but you could go anywhere you wanted to. 
And so I ended up coming out to Washington, D.C., staying a couple of days and checking it out and loved it. And I loved the professionalism of it. And I have just stayed ever since. And like I said, I just started really young in that leadership track and stayed there. That's amazing. The impact that we sometimes we take for granted, right? That started with someone you read about in our Cosmo magazine. Yeah. That's that's powerful. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what was the, you know, sort of the impetus for me to leave Long Island and come out here is that I saw that article and decided that I wanted to do what this woman had already done. Right. Wow. And so like many of us, we go through our corporate career and there's the ups and the downs and all that good stuff. (laughs) But you came to a path. Clearly, you know, your focus here is on helping people get unstuck and rediscovering a path, a new path. And so my guess is that at some point you got stuck and you had to discover a new path. What happened to kind of bring you to that point, you know, where you had to get through this point of dissatisfaction with where you were? I began to feel that I just wasn't aligned with who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. I found that the corporate space was just closing in on me and I felt like Mm. I wasn't able to stretch and to grow. You know, I felt like every day was Groundhog Day and I was just doing the very same thing. And I knew that there had to be so much more out there. And I just had this very strong desire to be free and to do my own thing. I had raised my two young sons. And so that was the template for me getting into corporate, right? Because I wanted them to have a certain type of lifestyle. I wanted them to have a number of different options. And so when you're raising children, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But once my youngest son was a junior in college, it was opening up a path for me that said, look, you can now do what you want to do. And so I decided that even though the corporate space was lucrative from a financial perspective, I just felt that it was time to bet on myself. I felt like I could do something different and I was ready to be a beginner again. And, you know, I just took a step out on faith. So what actually helped you to get to pivot your course? I mean, so clearly I feel you Mm -hmm. on getting past the point of having, you know, young kids out of that critical path and having that financial need. I mean, clearly through college, there's that need that you have to provide. But, you know, what helped you to pivot course and take that next step? I started to think about what I wanted for my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I started to recognize that I had been creating for somebody else for so many years. I knew that I could do it for myself as well. And I think that from a pivotal perspective, I started thinking about what my own non-negotiables were. And Mm. one of them was my freedom. I didn't want to sit in the commute anymore. I didn't want to be doing something that somebody else wanted me to be doing for their company. I didn't want to have to have a limit on my vacation. Oh, I can only stay this place one week or that place two weeks. I just decided that, you know, the non-negotiable for me at this stage of my life was that I wanted my freedom to make my own choices and really to sort of live my life on my own terms without that template any longer. Wow. So let's just pause right there and just say that I'm going to get a lot of messages at this point in the interview (laughs) from people who say, Denise just 
put a thumb right in my in that pain point in my side. <laughs> like, listen, that's an area that a lot of corporate folk are challenged by, right? Like, no one wants those limitations placed on them, and that freedom is so important. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge, even for those that maybe are in that place right now where they have to raise young kids and still have some of those things that, you know, are chains in some way, shape or form. But you've gone on, we're going to talk a little bit about some solutions for those listening. Sure. But you've gone on, you're inspired to become an executive coach. I'm interested in hearing some of the big wins that you've produced since this transition. Absolutely. You know, the idea that I left corporate and decided to create my own bridge that in and of itself is a win. So that's the first thing is making a decision and moving forward on it. Denise, you're touching on something that, you know, when something's said twice in a day, I feel like God's confirming Mm -hmm. something here. And someone at lunch today actually brought up this concept to me about our mindset sometimes is wrapped around having to build a bridge before we can cross it. Right where many of us who have taken a step into entrepreneurship know all too well that we are building the bridge as we go. In many instances, we're not just waiting to build a bridge before we cross it. What's your thoughts on that? Like, you know, could you speak to that a little bit about how you've built that bridge, especially as a mom too, and a balance, right? Because sometimes we think we have to divide and focus on building this bridge while we're in the corporate world. And you look at things in silos where it's like, okay, I have to raise a family first, or I have to, you know, complete and save so much money in the corporate world before I step into this next. Mm -hmm. Now being in your place, you know, what are your thoughts about that bridge building process and would you or could you have done it differently whilst raising that family? Yeah, and that's a great question. Yeah, I think the first thing is that you have to start with sort of reframing your identity. Yes. Because when you are in the corporate space, like, you know, you have to sort of put that, you know, that shell on, right? You have to be a certain way because you're in corporate and you have to, you know, you wear the uniform, the navy blue suit, right? Or the brown suit or the black pumps. Like it's a suit, it's a uniform that you're actually wearing. And so you sort of box yourself into that life. And so when you start thinking that there's something above and beyond that, it really begins with reframing your identity. Wow, I agree. I agree. That's a great place to start, right? You're starting to pour some mission fuel out. Let's continue on this path. Let's say maybe somebody is listening right now, right? I am thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of a Winnie the Pooh reference right okay. now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Which one? Okay. Uh, so being a dad I am, Owl at one point tells Pooh that you, sir, are stuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wedge bearing a great tightness in a word irremovable. Right. That's daddy life reference for you. I'm scatterbrained tonight as a dad, but let's start there. How do we identify? You touch on this. How do we identify that we are stuck or that we have plateaued? Oftentimes, when you start feeling as if you're losing hope, you know, when you start feeling as if your energy is drained, when you start feeling that you're disconnected, those are all signs that you're starting to plateau. When you wake up in the morning and you're not excited about your day, yes, okay, when Sunday afternoon at 4.30 comes around and you're feeling like, oh my God, no. Monday. Right. It's that stress of, you know, Monday is right around the corner and I don't want that to happen. 
when it's Wednesday afternoon and you're like, damn, it's not Friday yet. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to rush your time because you're not enjoying the present, that's a big sign that you're plateauing and it's time to reframe and to reset and do something new. So how we get those goals back on track? That's a great question. It starts with commitment. You know, the first thing that happens with goals is that you got to start thinking about how committed are you to that goal? If you're at a place where you're thinking, you know, I I want to, but I don't want to do the hard work, you're not going to get very far. But if you are at that point where you're saying to yourself, I will do whatever it takes, now that's the right attitude to have. Yes. And I mean, by any means necessary. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because listen, Stephen, let me be clear that, you know, when you make these decisions about making changes in your life, oftentimes fear and self-doubt begin to creep in. Mm -hmm. And that is where people get stuck. They become fearful and they're like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't risk not being able to make, you know, enough money. I can't risk not being able to find, you know, a different type of job. I don't know how to become an entrepreneur. I've never done that. And what happens is that people forget that, look, when we were born, we didn't know how to do anything, right? It was all about having to learn. It was all about allowing yourself to be a beginner. Yes. And, you know, it goes right along this mantra, this mindset, this phrase that I've begun to live by that says execution over excuses. And I have fought through this very concept that you're raising right now where, you know, I have a full-time job. I'm still in the corporate world on this path to that transition back to full-time entrepreneurship, but I have two young kids and have a growing podcast and have this corporate gig. And it's, you know, this time constraint, it's real, but I have been having to fight through and separate myself and sacrifice the TV time and the social time and the other things that need to move out of my way so that I can achieve that next. And it's real. And I know a lot of people listening right now are saying, you know, I don't have the time. I don't have the means to give up the six-figure corporate income, you know, and that's real. That's a real fight. But You know, how hungry are you? How much do you really want to move the needle and get to that happy place? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because at the end of the day, there's always going to be a number of excuses why you shouldn't do something. Mm -hmm. But it's up to you to come up with what you really want. See, because the dream has to be bigger than the fear. Yes. That's the reality because there's always going to be kids to be taken care of. I don't care. I mean, they can come out of college. You're still doing for them right? There's always going to be a mortgage that has to be paid or rent or whatever the responsibilities may be, taking care of an elderly parent. It could be a number of things. But at the end of the day, you have to decide for yourself, what do I really want in this life? And what do I need to do to get there? And as far as time, my belief is that time is an illusion. Uh. I really believe that, Stephen, because here's the reality. If your kid comes up to you and says, look, I want to play baseball, you know, you're doing something and the kid's like, I want to play some baseball. I want to go outside or whatever. And you're like, oh, no, no, look, I don't have time right now. I can't Mm. do it. You know, let's do this another time, like, you know, later. But God forbid that same kid shows up and they have a nail that's stuck underneath their foot. You're going to find the time time. now, right? Wow. You're going to find the time now, right? Because you're going to drop everything that you're doing and you're going to address that situation. And it's an extreme 
But it goes back to my belief that time is an illusion. You make time for anything that you really want to do. Your value. Yeah, that is so true and so real. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. I wanted to take a quick break right here and ask you a quick question. When you hear the words personal branding, what are you thinking of? I have a good many people who have responded to this saying they're thinking of a logo or maybe a website. And those are just a couple elements, right, to a personal brand, but they're not everything. In fact, your personal brand is in large part this ongoing process and development of your online reputation, your image, and a promise you're making to those that you interact with and influence on a day-to-day basis. And it's also derived from who you are, who you want to be, and who people perceive you to be. Now, in 2018, whether you are a CEO, uh, entrepreneur, a corporate professional, or you're a college grad, someone is Googling your name. And the results that they find, if any, and the story being told about you and your brand is going to leave that person who is searching either more or less inclined to connect with you, do business with you, or hire you. And if you know right now that you need to fix this, if you know you need to begin building your personal brand or enhancing what you have already started working on, but you have no idea what to do from here or how to get started, I'd like to encourage you to sign up right now to learn more about my personal branding course called Brand You Academy. It's a first class six-week online program designed to help you build your amazing personal brand and digital footprint. If you're interested and you want to learn more, hop on over right now to tbpod.com slash brand you. Again, that's tbpod.com slash brand you. Now let's get back to today's episode. So what other advice do you have for these corporate folks that you just, you poured in (laughs) on on speaking to their challenge earlier and their pain? Yeah. Tell them a little bit about how they can solve this. (laughs) You know, I I think the biggest thing for me, and and there's a quote by Robert Kiyosaki, and it goes, don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning. Mm, Love that. And that's a very, very meaningful thing because, again, I go back to this whole thing about fear because it ties into the path of least resistance. Most people do want to leave corporate or maybe it's not even corporate. It could just be, you know, any job that they're doing day to day that they're not feeling fulfilled. But the path of least resistance says stay here because you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Stay here because you won't have to make the effort. Stay here because you won't have to be worried about rejection or not winning or not finding the thing that you really want to do. And so what I always like to say is you got to be willing to bet on yourself. And I said that earlier on in the conversation, but it's worth repeating. Absolutely. is. So Denise, I'm a brand strategist and you and I are in complete alignment on several episodes recently. I've been talking about much of what you shared about having that clarity right on the front side and For me, I lay out a formula I call my MVP, right? My clients need to be clear on their mission, their why, right? Their vision, what 25, 30 years out from now looks like, and being clear on the product that they're offering, whether that product is themselves and they're on that career journey or they're, you know, in that entrepreneurial space and really understanding themselves and who they're trying to speak to. But, you know, I personally, I feel like the moment I became clear about my vision, about what 25, 30 years out from now, I'd like it to look. I'd love to see the mm-hmm. 75-year-old Stephen accomplishing X, Y, and Z and was able to reverse engineer that into a 10-year BHAG 
right? What I call my big, hairy, audacious goals <laughs> that I need to get accomplished by 2026. And each and every day right now, I am pursuing 2026. You know, there's no promise that I even finish today. That's God's decision. But while I'm here on this earth, I am working to live out this legacy that I have in my mind mm. for, you know, my kids and their children and so on. And so I truly feel that, you know, there has to be that clarity. There has to be, you know, incredibly good detail on who you are, as you talked about identity, yes. you know, what you can bring to the table, right? And what you can offer the world. You have a gift. Each and every person listening to this right now has a gift that only oh, yeah. they can give to the world, right? So true. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you share that. And I'm in complete alignment there with you on that. I know that you have a free assessment that you wanted to share with our audience. Tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Most definitely. I'm a firm believer in setting goals. I think that that is a key component to everything that you do. And so often, you know, people set goals and they don't achieve them because, you know, they're not willing to make a pivot or they're not measuring their progress or the goals just aren't meaningful enough. And so I've been doing a lot of work in that area. And recently I developed a guide that's called the Firestarter, Get Your Goals Back on Track. Mm -hmm. And what's really wonderful about it is that it takes you from the perspective of understanding like what's meaningful in your life and figuring out what you need to do more of or what you need to do less of to actually achieve that goal. And it also goes back to something that I was talking about earlier in terms of the levels of commitment. So anyway, I'd love for your listeners for Blazing Nation to have an opportunity to check the goals out. And if they like, they can go to deniseharrisonline.com forward slash ultimate course, and they can download the Firestarter guide for free. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely put that link up on our show notes page over at tbpod.com. Denise, I'm loving this conversation with you. (laughs) I could keep going. We generally ask our guests a couple of resource questions, right? Sure. I get trailblazers who reach out to me like, hey, you know, at one point I stopped asking about recommended books and people would reach out like, hey, why did you stop asking this question? Because we love these books. (laughs) And so I come back to it and (laughs) keep them coming in. So I'm going to ask you, you know, what books or resources have you read? Are you reading right now that, you know, we might find interesting. Oh, absolutely. I actually have a couple that really have been very helpful. So Daring Greatly is a book by a woman named Brene Brown. Yes. And I feel like Brene Brown is like my secret best friend. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? And so Daring Greatly is one of the first books that I read after leaving my corporate space. And my takeaways from that book, Stephen, include like, your life is now, seize it and make it amazing. And so I think it's for anyone that who has felt fear when they've made like a bold decision. I mm-hmm. think this book is the neutralizer. Yeah. Love yeah. It. And there's another one that I wanted to share too, because I love this book. It's called The Seed of the Soul. Have you heard of that one by Gary Zukav? I have not. Oh my God. I love that book. It's one of those books that you always want to have around for like, for those challenging moments when, mm. you know, like when you need help sort of understanding the world around you and like you want to get your thoughts aligned and your values and your goals. And, you know, you want to really figure out like what's truly important to you and yes. how to sort of like think about it. That book, The Seat of the Soul, helps you to do that. Wow. Love that. Yeah. What's next for you? What does Denise have 
on the horizon? You know, I think for me, I love this whole idea around working with people who have these big ideas and these big goals, but yet they need somebody to hold them accountable. They need somebody to sort of help them learn to dance with fear, you know, Mm. and that's a big thing for me. I love this work that I'm doing. And so I think the next step is to do it on a more impactful basis. I think Mm. I'm going to still be doing my work with private clients, but I'm going to get out there and start doing more speaking. I want to get out there and, you know, do more conferences. I want to hold my own conferences. And then in the next couple of years, I want to start doing these retreats where I can bring those people who are recovering corporate people (laughs) into that space of, you know, doing their own thing. And again, learning how to bet on themselves again in a space where they feel safe and where they feel like the world is in front of them. And they have that freedom to really be their authentic self. Because listen, you know, at the end of the day, happiness and fulfillment. That's for everybody. That's not just for one or two people. Everybody gets the opportunity to be happy and to feel like life is a wonderful thing and to really just believe in possibility. Yes. Yes. Kenneth Riss on the podcast some months ago shared that no CEO or executive gets through a 30-year career and looks back and says, you know, I wish I'd worked more. Um, (laughs) He's right. That's true. That's right. So we all need to pursue what's making us happy, what truly is making you happy and bringing you joy. And it's so worth it. It really is. It's so worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Denise, what's one action that as we step off this call, you recommend that our Blazonation put into action right now that's going to help them to blaze their own trail. Elevate your confidence and courage. Love it. Love it. Elevating. Blazonation. I hope you enjoyed (laughs) this conversation. Denise, tell us how we can stay connected to you before we wrap up. Absolutely. You can hit me up at Denise at DeniseHarrisOnline.com. My website is DeniseHarrisOnline.com as well. You can go there. You can leave a note. You can check out my services and my programs. I'm always happy to hear from folks and I love Blazing Nation. So anytime, anyplace. Yes. Denise, I thank you so very much for sharing your knowledge and your nuggets of wisdom have been invaluable. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Stephen. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.